Welcome to Jody's Silver Linings. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and I'm here to offer some inspiration for fellow creatives. That can include all sorts of things, but generally I like to discuss marketing your small business and self-improvement from my geeky voice actor's perspective. Why Silver Linings? Well, there's plenty of bad in the world, but I prefer to focus on the good. So today's good is Christine McAllister. Christine is an entrepreneur, business coach, and the author of The Income Replacement Formula, Seven Simple Steps to Doing What You Love and Making Six Figures from Anywhere. She's an expert on turning tragedy into triumph and founded her company, Life with Passion, after the full-term stillbirth of her first daughter, Maeve. Christine helps high achievers all over the world to quit and stay out of their nine-to-fives and make six figures by building businesses out of their passions. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today, Christine. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure that our listeners will too. (laughs) Thanks for having me. So I wanted to ask you first off, just to set the scene here, um, you didn't start your life as an entrepreneur. So what were you doing before you decided to leave your nine-to-five? Yes. So in my nine to five life, I was a college professor and then I was a career counselor helping actually creatives. That's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Teaching and helping creatives the whole time because I'm one myself. Okay. So you know all about that. (laughs) I do. So how did you become a college professor? Well, it was not my plan ever. Not ever my plan. (laughs) I was In grad school, my last semester, I had gone to grad school, quite frankly, because I didn't know what else I wanted to do with my life. And Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to get a scholarship. And so I thought, well, this works. Now I can go study for two more years. I'm a geek. I love to learn. And I pursued my master's that way. So my last semester of grad school, I was planning to go to LA or DC and pursue documentary films or feature film making. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing all my informational interviews with people on both coasts and traveling out and meeting with people in person. And then out of the blue, I get a call from the dean of my alma mater, Mm -hmm. who ran this highly successful media communication program that I had moved across the country to attend as a student. (laughs) Okay. And he said, "Uh, would you want to come back and teach for us? And I said, no. Okay. I'll bet he wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Right? I almost hung up the phone because Uh it was just so not even on my radar as a possibility for anything that I'd ever planned to do with my life. Now, I have to ask, I know the answer to this question, but how old were you when he asked you this? 23. Okay. That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) But but okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was insane. I mean, fantastic. But yeah. (laughs) Wow. So in further conversations... He was very persuasive. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically, give this a try, Christine. Give it a try. See if you like it. I believe in you. We're going to make this. We're going to support you as much as we can. We see this possibility for you. Mm -hmm. Will you just consider it? So I did. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I'm ready to be done living as a broke college student. (laughs) I think a lot of people think that way. Right? (laughs) I'm ready to start my life. I And Mm -hmm. I knew that I would continue to live as a broke college student if I moved to D.C. or L.A. And I Mm -hmm. knew what I was signing up for. I knew it was long hours. I knew it was climb your way up from the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted a little bit more of a life that I enjoyed at that point. So I also... I had always dreamed my whole life of owning a horse. And <laughs> yes, right. So I love horses. I'm a big animal lover. And the 
as fate would have it, the thesis project I had done was a documentary on this world-famous Arabian horse farm in the town where I went to grad school. And Mm -hmm. they told me that if I chose to move to Kentucky, they would give me a horse. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that was quite an incentive for me. I'll bet. So I could have a life. I could have a horse. I could live in a beautiful place. And it just all came together. And that is how I found myself a professor teaching some of the students I had sat in classes with at the age of 23. Well, that's fantastic, first of all. <laughs> and I love that you just took the leap. You just decided to go and do it and, and figure it out as you went. <laughs> you know, one of the things that my friends and family have told me is that just is kind of my personality. Like, mm-hmm. you wanted a horse, you figured out how to have a horse. You wanted this, you figured out how to do that. You wanted that. Like, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, of course, I'm going to do it. Right. And I, yeah, I think that it's something that I do for the people in my life as well, right? Like whether they're clients or friends or family, I think just like seeing the possibility Mm -hmm. of what they can be, what they could achieve uh, is kind of one of my superpowers. So I try to use it as often as possible. Sure. And that's great. And that's what makes you such a great coach, I'm sure. Um, But also you mentioned that you yourself get coaching, right? So what does that do for you? Oh my gosh. So I have been coached to within an inch of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think like a lot of us, I am totally a personal development junkie. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love self-development. You know, there's this quote from Angela on The Office who says, I enjoy being judged. I like being judged. (laughs) And I don't know if I like being judged, but I definitely like being challenged and coached and doing both the strategy and the deep inner work Mm -hmm. to become the best version of myself and to look at my stuff, right? And to use that to help me become a better business owner, a better human, um, a better all the hats that I wear. And so Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot also about how to become a coach uh, with mastery from my own coaches, right? Because Mm -hmm. I've taken the pieces that I love about what they do. And then they've also helped me to pull out the truth of who I am and who I best work with and and keep me accountable and keep me encouraged and supported and uh, don't let me get away with stuff. (laughs) That's always a good thing. (laughs) So who do you work best with? So my people are typically high achievers who have really big dreams, right? Okay. So the name of my company is Life with Passion. So it's Mm -hmm. people who want to start or grow a really successful business, but they also want it to be one that they love and that serves their life Mm -hmm. rather than one that takes over their life and has them working 80 hours a week. Because I don't believe we have to do that in order to be successful as entrepreneurs. That is a very good point. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I know a lot of people who do that. And you and I have talked about this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like (laughs) such a pervasive um, message among Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, right? And there are some really big names who say, you need to get up at five and you need to go to bed at two and just hustle until it's done. And Mm -hmm. I disagree with that. Like, that's not who I'm here for, right? Yeah. I love to work, but I also have a very full life outside of it. And I have other things that I like as well. And so- so do my people, right? And and everybody that I work with has a beautiful mission, right? They're not just in it for the money, although that's important. They have mm-hmm. a mission and a desire to change the world. And my people are always sensitive and feeling and mm-hmm. intuitive like me. I know you and I have talked about this. We're both INFJs <laughs> on the Myers-Briggs. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. So that 
is, you know, that's a real distinctive, I would say, as well, because just like any of us, like, I'm not for everyone, but I am mm-hmm. for the person that, you know, resonates with my message. Oh, sure. You got to know your people. Um, So you coach a lot of people, obviously, but I'm sure that you would come across a lot of really negative mindset things that a lot of your people will have to deal with. So what have you found to be the worst negative mindset that you've encountered? Um, Maybe a, a continuing theme that a lot of the people you work with have to deal with. I would say it comes back to one word with many iterations, and that is fear. Okay, yeah. I see fear holding creatives back from all of their big dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of criticism, fear of looking dumb, right? Mm -hmm. Fear of not having all the answers, a fear of not really being able to help someone, a fear of being found out, right? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Sure. But that fear and what our brains and bodies do with it is so powerful that I believe unless you get some real help to overcome it, you're going to get as far as, as you can on your own and then you're going to plateau and you're going to stay stuck mm-hmm. because your brain is trying to keep you safe, right? Yeah. And yeah. to your brain, safe is same, mm-hmm. even if it sucks, right? <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So it, you know, you could be sitting in a pile of your own poop and as long as it feels safe to your brain, your brain's going to try to keep you there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So what do you tell people when they're trying to overcome these fears? Like, how would you coach them out of that? I, 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 that's probably a larger question than you could probably handle in this one place, in this one podcast. But is there some kind of advice that you have for people who are trying to overcome this fear? Yeah. So I think no matter what your fear is, right, it could look like so many different things. But I think the first step is to be honest mm-hmm. that if you find yourself procrastinating, if you find yourself being a perfectionist, it's really just about fear. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fixed by uh, buying a different productivity system. Listen, I was the master of day timers, so I can say <laughs> this with some authority. I was a to- I had one in middle school. Okay, I was uh-huh. that geek. Yeah, uh, and it's not going to be fixed by reading another article on thirty-two ways to be more productive or stop procrastinating that you promise mm-hmm. you'll do tomorrow and then you never do. It's <laughs> ironic, <laughs> it's, right? <laughs> and it's not. It's not a character flaw, right? Mm-hmm. That you have fear. It's it's in our DNA. You know, it's designed to keep us safe. But if you're listening to this, (laughs) you have access to uh, your greater self, right? You have Mm -hmm. access to everything that you need to stop living from a place of fear and to start living the life that you want, right? And to live Mm -hmm. with intention. And I think that regardless of what your fear is, the first step is to recognize and admit it, right? Fear is what's been holding me back. It's not any of these other things. I keep trying to tell myself it is. And then to recognize like what it's holding you back from, right? Yeah. Because chances are that's creating a real value conflict for you. Like I want this thing, but I can't have it because I'm not taking action toward it because I'm scared, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So once we know what the issue is, then we can start to see all the ways it pops up. And then we can start to question, okay, what am I going to do to get this help? Is it to get or to get over it? Is it to get some support and accountability? Is it to do the thing and and then realize I didn't die? And <laughs> yeah, then it becomes easier, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are any number of ways to take just five minutes of action to overcome that fear and to tell your brain we're not going to literally die when mm-hmm. we do this thing. We might feel like we're going to throw up. We might feel like we're going to die, but that's just our <laughs> nervous system saying, stay, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's recognizing that taking 
yeah, five minutes of action toward the thing that you want instead of 24 hours a day sitting in fear, not moving toward it. Mm -hmm. That changes everything. Yeah, definitely. So as far as motivation is concerned, um, do you find that accountability is a, a big factor? Yeah. And you know what? This is another myth. I think that I see a lot. We mm -hmm. really hard on ourselves to stay internally motivated, especially those of us who would call ourselves driven or high achievers or, you know, we have these big visions sure. to create. But I believe that motivation uh, happens best in community, right? Mm -hmm. Motivation happens best when we have something to turn to, to pump us up, when we tell ourselves it has to come inside from me all the time, well, eventually you're going to need to replenish that. Just like they say about put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you fill your cup and then when it overflows, you can help others, right? I mean, a lot of us are yeah. resistant to that kind of thing, I think, because we want to be independent. We want to prove we can do it ourselves. But um, accountability helps us simply get somewhere we can't beat ourselves into getting on our own, right? <laughs> because when, yeah. we, when we say like, I have to do this, I have to make myself do it, or it's some, there's something wrong with me, that's no fun, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And what's the point of starting or growing your own business if it's not going to be fun? Yeah. I mean, I realize that sounds simplistic, but honestly, just go get a job. Yeah. Like if you want to not have fun and you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. it, some people love their jobs. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's because you want something different, right? Mm -hmm. And so the best way to get where you want to be, kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier, is to make this fun. And it's a lot more fun when you have someone to turn to and go, I am really having a hard day. It's crazy the stories my mind is telling me. Can you help me make mm -hmm. sense of it? Can we laugh about it? And then can you make sure I go do the thing instead of continuing to hide out, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. So when you are uh, speaking with people that you're coaching, do you um, instruct them or help them figure out a way to actually have fun? I mean, is there anything that you tell them, you know, like even meditation or, you know, go out and take a walk or like, you know, are there ways that you can help them figure out their work-life balance? Yeah. So as we know, everyone is different, right? So mm -hmm. part of my job is to figure out how each of my clients is wired and to help mm -hmm. encourage them to practice things that bring fun into their life, right? So not everybody loves horses and finds riding uh, really therapeutic like I do, you know? <laughs> sure. But I have a client who connects when she, yeah, she goes and takes a walk at her favorite park or another one who loves meditating or another one who loves EFT tapping, mm -hmm. right? Another yep. one who finds herself when she journals. So it's my job to keep that in front of them and go, hey, remember how like centered and grounded and like on fire and in flow you f feel when you do that thing? When was the last time you did that thing? Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's the reason I don't feel, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to stay in tune with what ourselves need in order to keep on doing what we're doing. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget that when we're, I have a friend who says we're in our own jar and we can't read the label. Uh, I like <laughs> and that. And I like yeah. wine. So I would update that to say like, we're in our own bottle and we can't read the label. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. And I totally agree with that. Yes. Cheers. So, Cheers. Yeah. So, but it's so true, right? Like mm -hmm. I can't see yeah. what I can't see. And I need that reflected to me in order to move ahead as fast as I want and as fast as I can in a way that feels good without burning out, without throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks, 
Mm -hmm. without, you know, beating my head going, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And getting really frustrated along the way. Yeah. So you have mentioned this concept to me before, done is better than perfect. (laughs) And I I do love the saying. Can you explain a little more about that? I believe that quote comes from Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the first time I heard it, I was like, this is my new life motto, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was a terrible procrastinator and a terrible perfectionist. And I think that when it comes to being creative, right? So this is just one example. My background is in documentary, television, film production. Mm -hmm. And when I started this business and live streaming then became a thing and people were saying, oh, get on video and, and talk and be yourself. On one hand, I love being on camera. I'm a performer. I was a musical theater nerd. But sure. on the other hand, I was like, wait, I don't have a bounce key and fill. Where are my lights? Where's this? Where's my professional <laughs> audio? I'm supposed to wear earbuds? Oh my gosh, no, this is a nightmare. Where's my background? So it was this huge thing that I needed to overcome and unlearn mm-hmm. in order to practice done is better than perfect, right? Same thing with writing yeah. my book. Same thing with putting articles out there that you know I've gotten published on the Huffington Post, whatever. It's like, do the thing. Once you have the mindset and you adopt done is better than perfect, mm-hmm. it changes everything because then you get to enjoy the fruit of your labor and have a business that's successful and you find out that you don't have to be perfect because you never will be. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can choose to try to be perfect or you can choose to be successful, right? But I don't believe you can be both. So why well, not? no one's successful if they don't get anything done. <laughs> exactly. So why not just be done and not perfect yeah. and have everything you want along the way? Yeah. And we all get better as we do things. So, you know, practice makes perfect, right? Or practice makes near perfect. <laughs> exactly. And we also get so much clarity, right, from taking action. I think both clarity and confidence come from taking action, mm-hmm. not from waiting to feel confident in order to take the action, which I think is another thing that we often really struggle with, right? When I feel Mm -hmm. good enough, then I'll do it. Well, you probably don't feel good enough today. So you might need to do it and then you'll feel better, right? You can learn this stuff. Yeah. Just got to let it go sometimes. (laughs) So along those lines, um, I know that you work with a lot of creatives, obviously, and you are a creative yourself. So I I have to ask, because I I deal with this myself, we can be really hard on ourselves. And, you know, that whole done is better than perfect definitely holds a lot of us back. What would you suggest to people to help them be kinder to themselves? Do you have any tips? Mm. Yeah. Because it's all internal monologue, right? There's a lot going on in our heads that we just can't admit to or, you know, work on or, you know. We're so mean (laughs) to ourselves. We're so mean Uh, to ourselves. The other day (laughs) I was was doing this mindset exercise uh, called what's the worst case scenario, right? And so Mm, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, if this issue in my life doesn't work out, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I just started writing what my brain said. And then I read it back and I was like, you are so mean. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I guess seeing it all bland, you know, there on a piece of paper is, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And so, but but getting it out was also my way to process and go, okay, that was really mean. Does that actually feel true? Or is that just a story I was carrying around? Mm -hmm. Just a story I was carrying around, right? Like I can trust myself to figure this out. I can trust myself to get the help I need to figure out this issue. So I think that it's, it's first recognizing, look, like, you said, there's bad stuff in the world, but we're here to talk about the good, right? Mm -hmm. And we are all probably professionals at putting pressure on ourselves 
at being hard on ourselves, at criticizing ourselves, at trying to force ourselves to do things as someone said, shoulding all over ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So yes, many shoulds. Yeah. And like as mm-hmm. creatives, that is never going to be what satisfies us. That is not what's going to get no. us to the end of our life and go, well, I'm really glad I did all the things that I thought I should do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to go, how can I relieve some of this pressure? Right. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to do with my clients is to reframe when they'll come to me with like a limiting belief or something that they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I was telling myself this. It was totally keeping me stuck. Like, I'm so wrong Mm -hmm. for having this thing. How do I get rid of it? I'll say, what if we just talk about it as being like, oh, that silly thing your mind told you, or oh, that funny thing your mind told you? Like, aren't we funny? (laughs) Aren't we so funny? The crazy stories we make up. Let's take a step back Mm -hmm. and let's choose to laugh about this because what's going to get us where we want to be faster? Continuing to beat ourselves up, like that's gotten us where we are today. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even if the thought of self-care is like you're rolling your eyes going, I don't have time for that. I'm just going to get back to work. (laughs) It's maybe trying something that you've never done in order to get something you haven't gotten yet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe, again, it's just like the simplest thing. It's sitting for an extra few minutes with your favorite cup of tea. I'm a huge tea drinker. Or it's you getting the next size up when you go order a coffee. Or it's taking an extra long shower, right? I have two very young children. So for me, locking myself in the shower is a serious form of self-care. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to I can to see be, how that would work, yeah. Right? It doesn't have yeah. to be anything huge or crazy. Although if you want, you can. But I I find that like a lot of times we feel guilty when we do this mm-hmm. and then we think, oh, I, this feels bad. I should stop. But when we feel guilty, we're actually hitting our set point of what feels OK to treat mm-hmm. ourselves right with. So when we feel guilty, we can go, oh, good. I've hit my set point. This feels uncomfortable. But if I keep doing it or I sit with it, eventually, again, my brain will be like, OK, this is OK. We can keep doing this and it will start to feel good. But you have to be willing mm-hmm. to sit through that discomfort in order to create self-kindness as a habit. Create a different set point. Yes. I like that. Yes. So uh, I have to ask you also, um, I know that you do coaching services and you have a book. And are there any projects that you're working on currently that you want to talk about? Yeah. So I, as of the time of this recording, I have a three-year-old and a three-month-old. So mm-hmm. my personal life is, uh, and I Very and I have busy. three horses and two dogs. <laughs> oh my Owen goodness. and a husband. So, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know, my life is very full. And so what. I have decided to do um, for the first year of my baby's life is to really like streamline my business. So I've done a ton of things since I started this business in 2015, mm-hmm. including write the book, including do groups, including, 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 right? But what I yeah. what I know to be true is that there are a couple things that I always, always, always love and that I feel where I can make the biggest impact and income in my business. And those mm-hmm. sweet spots for me are working with people one-on-one over a period of six months to help them transform their life, transform or start their business Mm -hmm. and get the results that they want. The other thing that I love, love, love to do is to connect with people uh, Mm -hmm. in conversations just like this one. So I absolutely love connecting with awesome, like-minded people who are doing amazing things in the world and, uh, and sharing and helping however I can. So those are my two foci for this year. Um, Of course, you know, the book 
the book lives um, and the audiobook <laughs> lives. And yep. uh, the other thing that I'm playing with in 2020 uh, is incorporating some uh, business and personal travel back into my life. I mm -hmm. found that quite challenging uh, when I was pregnant, and I've been pregnant a lot of the last few years. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. now that my family is complete, I am applying to do some public speaking because, you know, being a professor, uh, being a performer, I absolutely love being on a stage and sure. I've gotten the chance to do it some and I adore it. So now I'm like, okay, that would feel fun and I could take my family along mm -hmm. and I can go speak and then we can explore the town it's in and we can do these things. And so that's the other thing that I'm playing with behind the scenes mm -hmm. uh, because for me, I always need to be working on something new that I get to learn uh, in order mm -hmm. to not get bored, right? Which I think is a very common creative trait. <laughs> I hear you on that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's important for me to know like, okay, here's the six month private one-on-one -on -one coaching is something I really feel like I have mastery in and consistent results that I'm able to help my clients get in. So like, I'm not going to step away from that thing just because I need something new. I'm going to like go even mm -hmm. more all in on that and then give myself something to play with that feels sure. fun. Well, it sounds great. And it sounds like you would make an absolutely fantastic public speaker. So Ooh, <laughs> I wish you. you all the best with that. I think you'll do really, really well. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking with me today, Christine. You are definitely an inspiration to a lot of people. And I really appreciate your taking the time. Jody. thank you so much for having me. I have loved this. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening and keep looking for those silver linings. Remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.